News Talk 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk giant in North Alabama. The biggest show on the afternoons across the northern part of our state is this one, Right Side Radio. I'm your host, Phil Williams, here 2 to 5, Monday through Friday. And like the man said earlier in the episode, we are solid, conservative, and just plain right. Hey, Copper, I'm uh, I'm looking at something right now that just got a hold of. Um, what? The uh, White House talking points on what we sort of expect President Biden to say in about 20 minutes, ah. assuming he even takes the podium at the right time. Um, um, somebody help him find the podium, please. But, uh, yeah, I'm looking at it, uh, Copper, and it's, um, it's about as uh, weak, tepid, and revisionist <laughs> as I would have expected it to be. So it's always somebody else's fault. Um, there's nothing in here that says... Um, uh, you know, the buck stops here. Uh, we'll see. This came from the Speaker's uh, press offer. Speaker Pelosi uh, distributed this. These are the White House talking points on Afghanistan. They were released in the last couple of hours. Um, and they say a variety of things. And so I downloaded a copy. I had to search online to find it. But I've got it right here on paper in my hands. And listen, y'all, I'm going to tell you right now, it's everything that I would have expected it to be from a debacle of a presidency, what we're seeing right now. Uh, and I'm going to unpack this more a little more, but I'm going I'm to go ahead and give you the prelude right now because you're about to hear from the President of the United States here allegedly in about 20 minutes. Uh, I don't know where he's been for the last uh, 72 hours, apparently at Camp David, hanging out by himself at a giant conference table looking at a big TV screen when they told him what was going on. Um, just literally a picture, by the way, if you haven't seen it, let me just encourage you, uh, go find the, the imagery of uh, President Biden sitting by himself at a giant conference table with a notepad, leaning forward at the table like he can't understand what's happening, at a television screen where they've got the uh, the the you know the the, the entire cabinet or, or or other officials on. By the way, uh, somebody pointed out that, uh, and in fact, it was Rick Grinnell, the uh, former director of national intelligence, who who said, "Who in the world told them it was okay to release an image that had um, you know CIA station chiefs in it?" So basically what they did was they outed a number of people who were CIA station chiefs and CIA operatives uh, were in the imagery. Oh, great. But uh, the White House talking points on Afghanistan that we're about to hear the president uh, discuss in more detail. Number one, he says the president was not willing to enter a third decade of conflict and surge in thousands of more troops. Okay, I understand that. However, there is no reason why you could not have had stability in the region. And, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you right now, I'm going to spend some time on this today because I'm going to give you the perspective of someone who has not only been there but has studied this. And, and the idea that you're going to say a third decade of conflict, well, you know what? Let me remind the world. If you're one of those out there who says, well, we shouldn't have been there for 20 years, there's a difference between being at war for 20 years and having a presence. I will remind you all that we are still in Japan and Germany 75 years after World War II. Why do you think that is? Well, I will tell you right now that the bases that we set up, in fact, one of the bases my brother was born at in Frankfurt, the bases that we set up in post-war Germany were exactly what deterred the former Soviet Union from crossing over from East Germany and coming through the Fulda Gap and invading uh, uh, Western Europe. It was those bases that gave us forward presence and the ability to have a force projection that we lose when you pull them out. And so right now we're looking at, and I said it last week, but I'm going to say it again, picture a map of Afghanistan. If you don't know where Afghanistan is, I encourage you to find it because you've got people dying there right now. But, but take a, just, just hold up your hand in a fist 
and imagine that's Afghanistan, and then to the left of your hand, you've got uh, Iran. To the north of your hand, you've got several stands, Tajikistan, Uzbekistan, the others that are all part of Kyrgyzstan, they're all part of the former Soviet Union. To the right of your hand, you then got China. To the south or the bottom of your hand, you've got Pakistan. This is a region that needs our forward presence. But the president was not willing to enter into a third decade of conflict. That's not the point, sir. You had an opportunity for forward projection. He says in his next point, it's clear from the past few weeks that that would have been necessary. More troops were in a definite period of time. No, it wouldn't have. No, it wouldn't have. Your generals advised you just the opposite. To maintain a presence in country did not require the 130,000 troops we had there at the peak of the war. Not at all. But you would have had a staging place in the event that something happened that required your presence. How about this? Talking point number five. The President of the United States said in July the Afghan military had the capability to fight the Taliban, but they had to demonstrate the will, and sadly that did not materialize. Well, I, 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 got, I got news. I can only agree with that in part. The Afghan military needed to do more than they did, but do not denigrate the fact that tens of thousands of Afghan military gave their lives along the way. And when, when they relied upon U.S. military close air support, when they relied upon U.S. military intelligence capabilities, when they relied upon U.S. military contractors to keep their personal uh, uh, aircraft in, in good working condition, and we pull all of that out, it's almost like you strip the backbone right out of the skeleton. What are they supposed to do? At that point, they feel like Big Brother left them hanging out there on the playground full of bullies, and they don't know what to do with themselves. So did they have some wherewithal? Could they have thrown a punch? More so than they did, Yes. But what I'm saying here is we stripped away their capabilities for sustained operations. We stripped away their logistical assets. We stripped away their capabilities to maintain. All right, next point. The administration planned for every possibility. Bull crap! The administration planned for every possibility. If they planned for every possibility, then why are we seeing what we're seeing right now? He went on to say in the same point, that's why we had troops, troops prepositioned in the region. Well, if we had them prepositioned in the region, then why did we just deploy the ready force from the 82nd Airborne in North Carolina? That's not the region. We weren't prepared. We were sucking that place dry and pulling everybody out. Folks, this, this talking points memo, it goes on and on, and I'll unpack it some more when we get back from this break. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm starting to see what I had hoped I wouldn't see. What I really need to see is this president regain control, actually stand up at the microphone and say, buck stops here. But apparently he's not going to do that. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio. We'll be right back. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN, the News Talk powerhouse here in North Alabama. And this is the show for the afternoons across the northern part of the state, the News Talk show of the decade right now. We're looking at Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. Glad to be your host. I'm Phil Williams. Hey, listen, we've been talking a lot about Afghanistan already. I did my opening monologue on it. I'm going to continue to focus on it. Allegedly, the President of the United States is going to be approaching the, uh, the podium here in the next 10 minutes or so. And, uh, and I've got the White House talking points that I was going over. You know, in a little while, too, I want to ask, I want to fill you in on uh, uh, my friend Hamid. Uh, he and I had a chance to talk yesterday. 
and catch up. Those of you who have been listening to the show for a while, you may recall that Hamid was my interpreter in Afghanistan. And some years back, about 15 years ago, I was able to uh, work along with another guy from my team uh, through our congressman and others uh, to get Hamid over here as a refugee. And he has made an amazing life for himself uh, and is now living uh, here in the United States with his beautiful wife and little boy. Um, but, but that being said, uh, he gave me some on-the-ground perspective to include what's going on with his family who are still stuck in Kabul. Hey, listen, this, uh, these talking points that they, uh, the White House is putting out, yeah, well, they're, 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 they're just basically ripe for the pickings. Um, the idea that this is uh, something, I mean, on the one hand, they say we had troops prepositioned in the region, but then they go on to say we deployed 6,000 U.S. military to secure the airport and, and that Chairman Milley and Secretary Austin are working to restore order at the airport so flights out can take place. Well, if you had to, um, if you had to deploy 6,000 and you're now having to uh, basically secure the airport and restore order, that's classic that your talking points are talking around each other, okay? So the, the end result here is they did not have a good plan. And what we're hearing uh, from, from inside information is clearly, clearly that President Biden knew from his generals that this could happen, and he chose to make the decision to just pull out unilaterally just almost overnight for the most part. In the world of military deployments and redeployments, this was a hasty withdrawal, all right? And I got some pretty strong words for, for Secretary of the Army Lloyd Austin and uh, General Milley, which I'll get to in a little while. Uh, but right now, allegedly, they are working to restore order. Well, I'm going to tell you, that, that, is, that is not uh, what I would consider to be a solid uh, talking point for the President of the United States to come to the podium and say. And, and so it, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Now, he goes on in the talking points to say that many have asked why we did not evacuate more Afghan civilians or sooner. And part of the answer, he says, is because many did not want to leave earlier. Good gosh. I have told you before, we had Hamid, my, 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 my interpreter, on the show. One of the guys who, when I was there living in, 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 in Kunduz, Afghanistan, in our safe house, we had 10 Mujahideen guards that lived with us. They were Afghan soldiers who, who were basically like local militia guys. But we equipped them. Uh, they stayed with us. They lived in our house. We fed them, and, and they became part of the team, so to speak. And the guard commander was a, was a, was a dude named Akhtar, who was, Akhtar was sharp as a tack. You know, sometimes I worried about some of my guards. They didn't seem like the sharpest knives in the drawer, but Akhtar, he was sharp, and he kept them in order, and, and, and he brought some, you know, order to the chaos, so to speak. Uh, and Akhtar has had his paperwork in for years to be allowed to come out, and he can't get it approved. Hamid went through an amazing amount as a U.S. citizen just to get his wife out. Folks, the idea that he's going to get to the podium, he better not come to the podium and say, well, we gave them all the opportunities, but they just didn't want to leave any earlier. We know what? Those are few and far between. Do I know that some didn't? Sure, it was their homeland. They wanted to stay, and they just were hopeful they could. But the idea that he's going to use that as the uh, springboard to his excuses, is this, is this wrong? Now, he goes on to talk about the fact that they knew there's a distinct possibility not an inevitability, but a possibility that Kabul could fall. But if you remember just, what, last week, President Biden said there will not be. 
It's not likely that Kabul will fall. There will not be helicopters leaving from the roof of the embassy. What did we just watch on the news in the last 24 hours? The ambassador had to pull down the flag and run for the helicopters and get out to go to the airport for a flight out of the country. He says that the administration planned in these talking points that I've got in my hands, because I'm holding it right here in my hands. These are the talking points that I don't know if Nancy Pelosi's office meant to get out, but you know what? They kind of knew, because once you start sending things out in D.C., it gets out. So I've got a copy already of the talking points being issued by the White House and then disseminated to Democrats. That tells you something right there, doesn't it? Disseminated to Democrats uh, by Speaker Pelosi's office. And it says other things in here like, the administration planned for every possibility. Oh, really? So earlier in your talking points when you said that we have to go restore order and uh, secure the airport and so, that, so that charter flights can safely depart, well, if that's the case, then did you really plan for every possibility? He says there were contingency plans in place for every eventuality, including a quick fall of Kabul. That's why there were troops prepositioned in the region. Prepositioned in the region... You rushed them there in the last 72 to, to, to 96 hours. Okay. It, it goes on with some of the other stuff that you can just imagine. Uh, the president was unwilling to send U.S. men and women back to Afghanistan for an indefinite war. Well, you know what? This is, uh, this is what we come to expect from the Biden administration. This has got to be, um, and, and, I, and I, I didn't want to do this. I didn't want, I, I personally, I'll be honest with you, I don't want my show to be the gripe show, the angry show, the show where you come on and you just hear more things to help you be angry. But today's, today's, a, today's a pretty angry day. Today, today is, you know, is, is turned up the heat. Today's a day where I have to look at it and go, you, you don't know what you're doing, do you? You really don't. And, and let me just step aside and say this. Elections do have consequences. And all of you never-Trumpers out there, all of you never-Trumpers, you know, for the, uh, um, the, the folks, the, the Lincoln Project, and, and all of you folks who, um, some of whom I know personally, who just couldn't vote for Trump because of his mean tweets. Mean tweets. Mm. Oh, it's horrible. Mean tweets. I, you know, it just the decorum. I need the decorum back in the office. Well, how you like your decorum now? How's that energy policy working out for you? Hey, how's that inflation rate working for you? Hey, by the way, how's your foreign policy working? Oh, how's international commerce working for you? Hey, how's the uh, possibility of uh, uh, advances on encroachments to your liberty uh, in the midst of a pandemic that they can't seem to get a grip on? Hey, how's that 14 days to flatten the curve? Oh, look, we're looking at a third round of Moderna now. That's wonderful. And oh, by the way, we just had our national honor tainted in a land where we fought and bled for 20 years. And don't try and blame the previous administration. Don't even try. Because the previous administration had an entirely different way to go about this. Entirely different way to go about this. And they made it known they did. And the idea that you're going to get up there and say, well, you know, I was handed, I was handed a very difficult situation. Hmm. If you do that, Mr. President, you have lost all credibility. All of it. Well, listen, uh, the president's going to be taking the microphone here in just a minute. Uh, it's going to be interesting to hear what he has to say. Folks, it's happening right now live in real time. I'm sitting here watching the video. Uh, any moment, they're saying, the, the president's going to address uh, the Afghanistan collapse. And when he does, I tell you what, we're going to wind up taking a short break when that happens so that I can be able to watch part of it and begin to gain some things that I can tell you about after the break. Because I want to dissect this with you on the air. Some of you out there are, are veterans, and, and some of you out there are the families of veterans. 
you're the spouses of those who came home, some who didn't come home. And you're, you, in this community, especially in a, in a state like Alabama, we have a high percentage of, of patriots and people who are willing to serve. And we have military bases where active duty are still wearing those green suits every day. And so uh, respect uh, for all that. And I hope you heard my opening monologue where I pointed out to you that despite the fact that they have tried to taint what has happened, do not question the veracity of what you did. Do not question whether or not what you did was worthwhile. Do not question for a second whether you wasted your time because you didn't. Because in, in, in all honesty, it was the boots that won that war and the suits that lost it, okay? The boots won that war. The suits have now lost the peace. There is nothing to be ashamed of for any of you men and women who served over there in any capacity whatsoever. I don't care if you were inside the wire, outside the wire, in the air, you know, whatever the case may be. You serve, you serve with honor, and you went there knowing full well the hazards of your chosen profession. And, 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 and now you're sitting here watching and thinking, did I, did, I waste, did I waste my deployment? Did I waste the time that I was there? No, sir. You, no, ma'am. No, you did not. Not a bit. Not a bit. Not one bit. Uh, because what you did was you gave the Afghan people 20 years of breathing room. You gave young ladies who had been stripped of the opportunity to go to school, to learn, who were turned into nothing more than mere cattle. You gave them an opportunity to move and to breathe. And you gave the people of that nation an opportunity to see another part of the world that they had been denied the opportunity to see. They now have internet access. They now have cell phone access. They now have electrical access. They now have schools. They now have had a taste of it, a taste of something they didn't truly have across the nation before the Taliban. So my hope is going to be that what they tasted for the last 20 years tasted good to them, and that while the Taliban may have their moment here now, I'm hoping that the people of that nation decide this can't continue, and that they find their means and their methods to overcome it. All right, we're going to go to a short break. And hopefully I'll see the president come to the microphone here in the next minute or two. Uh, but listen, there's a whole lot here to unpack. I'm going to tell you later on about my, my buddy Hamid, who's telling me what's happening with his family who are in Afghanistan right now. I'm going to tell you more about what the president's going to say when he comes to the microphone. We're going to talk about the fact that Secretary Lloyd Austin needs to resign. I'll tell you why. Phil Williams, Right Side Radio, News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. This is Right Side Radio, where you can also go to our website, rightsideradio.org, and click Listen Live and hear it anywhere you go. We'll be right back. News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Phil Williams here hosting Right Side Radio, solid, conservative, and just plain right. We're here Monday through Friday, 2 to 5 p.m. And listen, if you ever find yourself driving outside of the uh, AM, FM range for WVNN, uh, which is hard to do. You have to be leaving North Alabama, really, for that to happen, uh, and Southern Tennessee, for that matter. 
But if you find yourself leaving the range and, and, and you just want to keep listening to the show, uh, why would you not? Just go uh, check rightsideradio.org. It's our website, rightsideradio.org, and you can click on Listen Live, and next thing you know, you can hear it no matter where you are. I've got folks that are listening to the show in other states, uh, Virginia, uh, Indiana, uh, Mississippi, um, it, literally all over the place. I think we had one caller calling from Tennessee one time. We had uh, we got folks down in Mobile that listened to the show. So just really what I'm saying is doesn't matter where you are. And if you find yourself leaving the range, just stream it online, rightsideradio.org. It'll take care of you. Well, um, hey, Copper. We're looking. Let's see. Where is he we? on yet? No. No, <laughs> he's not. I mean, we're now uh, approaching 10 minutes late to the podium, wow. President of the United States. Um, I understand being late occasionally. But right now, they're not even showing a picture of the podium. You know, usually they have like a picture of the podium in yeah. one corner of the screen. They're not even showing that right now. So I don't know what, I don't know what he's doing. Uh, but he is currently uh, right now 10 minutes late. President Biden is supposed to be delivering comments uh, 10 minutes ago, uh, addressing the nation on the issues related to uh, what's going on in Afghanistan that we've been talking about now for, for a while. And um, it, it's, it's, you know, first of all, where have you been, Mr. President? Uh, was it that hard to address the nation from, I guess you need to address them from the White House. I understand optics. You don't want to be addressing them, you know, from, um, uh, you know, Camp David, I guess. But you could have. You could have. You could have said, I am uh, making this address to the nation, and I'll be following up when I get back to the White House. But so far, he's not doing that. Uh, what I am seeing right now is we're seeing comments from uh, Mitch McConnell, Senator McConnell. Uh, we're seeing comments from uh, General Jack Keane. We're seeing comments from Senator Lindsey Graham. But we are not seeing comments at this point from the President of the United States, which is uh, strange, but yet not unexpected. Um, and that's, that's a crying shame. Hey, um, let's see what I got here. The, so I, I said something before the break, and, and I'm going to unpack this in more detail. But I think that it needs to be recognized that what we're seeing right now is not new to the people who, have been in, who are in charge right now. Stay with me. What we're seeing right now is not at all new in terms of uh, the people who are in charge. Let me remind you that Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin was the commander of CENTCOM. Central Command has the Middle East and Southwest Asia uh, as its area of operations. CENTCOM commander, then CENTCOM commander, I believe Lieutenant General um, Lloyd Austin, is the one who told President Obama in 2000, let's see, what year would that have been? Oh, goodness, 2015? Mm, 2014. Told President Obama that the, uh, the Taliban were basically the B team. Remember how President uh, Obama came out and said, well, we're dealing with the B team. I mean, what, what's, the, what's, the, what's the big deal? That the, the ISIS at the time was a B team. Well, that was, that, was, that was basically Lloyd Austin's CENTCOM commander's uh, report to the president. And what we're seeing now is that same CENTCOM commander who underestimated ISIS, who when we stripped out our troops, and I don't mean like a little bit, I mean like stripped out our troops from Iraq, no plan for continuity, no plan for stability, no plan for what it took to back the uh, Iraqi government 
um, just giving them the stability they needed to to prevent the vacuum that we did wind up putting in place. And by the way, when you put in a vacuum, the vacuum will get filled. And this vacuum got filled in that case by ISIS. Then Vice President Biden and then Lieutenant General Lloyd Austin presided over that horrible decision that gave us ISIS, the war in Syria in some ways, and the fact that we had to send troops back in order to regain territory that we had fought and bled over for years. Those same two individuals are now President Biden and Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin, who have now completely underestimated the Taliban, completely ignored the intelligence, and now we're having to send troops back in just to secure the opportunity to evacuate Americans from the overthrow of the Afghan government by the Taliban. Those same two people. Now, General Mark Milley is the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, and he has served under two presidents now, President Trump first, who, you know, reports are saying he didn't care for, and now President Biden. I'm going to go ahead and suggest on the air right now, and I'm going to say it unequivocally, and it it takes a lot for me to get to this place, y'all. It really does, because I have deep respect for the positions that these men hold, and I also have deep respect and understanding that they know things I don't know. I get that. But what I also have is video, evidence, showing me as an outsider with a better-than-average understanding of what's happening in Afghanistan, the truth of the matter. And that is that Secretary Austin and General Milley need to be handing in their resignation letters. You heard it from me. That's right, here on Right Side Radio. Phil Williams, former Army colonel, service in Afghanistan and Iraq. I'm just saying right now, Secretary Austin and General Mark Milley need to be handing in or at least offering their letters of resignation to the President of the United States for vastly, vastly destroying this situation. I'll unpack that more when we come back, but I hope you heard heard it right here at the top of the hour. Resign, please. Turn in your letters. Phil Williams, News Talk, 770 AM, 92.5 FM, WVNN. Plenty more where that came from. And oh, by the way, the president is late to the podium. We'll see what happens. We'll be right back.